to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. I do have a word from God today, and it's from Genesis chapter 22. On the first Sunday of 2022, and I really believe that God wants to address our hearts to kick off this year, because if this year is going to be everything you want it to be, you need to begin this year with a particular posture. here's, Here's that posture. Surrender. Just, just, just simply surrender. If you want to see God do everything he wants to do in your life in 2022, here's how we need to begin 2022. Yes. Yes. I don't even know everything you're going to ask me to do this year, Jesus, but I say yes. We're going to go through some ups and some downs this year together, Jesus. But before we even begin the journey, I say yes. We're going to go through some hardships in our connections and in our relationships. But before we even get started, we just say yes. There's going to be some times that are tough, but before we even get started as a church, let's just say yes. yes. Man, I would love it if we could kick off this sermon by grabbing the attention of heaven and just making sure that Jesus is well aware that he has found a house in East Nashville, Tennessee that will say yes. It doesn't matter to us, God. We want Jesus. We want the living God in Christ Jesus in this room. More than anything else, Molly sang it this morning, more than anything else, God, we just want you, and I want you to make that true in my life in 2022. Make it felt, make it noticeable, Make it known, make it seen. May every single person that interacts with a member of this family know that more than anything else, that person wants Jesus. That person is more hungry for Jesus than anything else. Am I, am I just checking real quick? Am I like too turned up for the first Sunday? That's why you're my favorite. All right, Genesis 22. Um, the year, we, we have said that this year will be the year of growing down. I know it's not an easy one to say amen to. It's, it's, we're not proclaiming this is the year of blowing up. We're proclaiming this is the year of growing down. This is the year where we have deeper roots in our walk with Jesus. This is the year where we expand in maturity and fruitfulness in our faith. This is the year where we develop depth with the Spirit of God, where we're not playing around on surface level type of religious traditions and things like that. I'm talking about like real, like guttural depth with God. I mean, listen, man, I'm excited for, like, groaning to come back to the church. I grew up in a holiness Pentecostal church where you would hear old ladies pray like this. Uh, Sounded like my wife when she was in labor. Uh, Like, I'm cool with that. I just want you guys to know. Like, I want some depth in the house. So this is the year of growing down, okay? So Genesis chapter 22, are you hungry? All right, let's stand. We're going to read the Bible together honor and reverence and stand for the word of God. We're going to start we're going to start here with verse 1 and we're going to read all the way to verse 19. So I'm going to give you a chance to burn off some of those Christmas calories. <laughs> verse 1 all the way uh, to verse 19. Y'all ready to read it together? Yes. All right. The Bible says this, after these things God tested Abraham. Everybody say tested. Yes. And he said to him, Abraham, and he said, "Here I am. Let's just try that on. Everybody say, here I am. If you're going to start in surrender, you've got to say this to the Lord. Here I am. Verse two, he said, take your son, (laughs) 
your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning. See, had that been me, I'd have woke up late that day. I would have slept in and gone to brunch and hoped that God was, would change his mind by afternoon tea time. But see, that's not how Abraham responded to the Lord. He said, here I am. And so early in the morning, Abraham got up and then he saddled his donkey and he took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac and he cut the wood for the burnt offering and he arose and he went to the place of which God had told him. Do you see how practical that it is at times to obey the voice of the Lord? He said, let me get all the ingredients together so that I can honor the sacrifice that God has asked me to make in 2022. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place from afar. And then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and he laid it on Isaac, his son. Can you imagine the heart of the father bursting at the seams as he takes the cut firewood and he said, here you go, boy, hold out your hands. He just starts stacking the wood. That's how God felt when he watched the wood get put on his son, Jesus. See, Isaac had to carry the wood for his own sacrifice. Jesus had to carry his own cross for his own sacrifice. Can you imagine the heartbreak of the father as the son? And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and he laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took in, the, in, in his hand the fire and he took the knife and, and then they both went together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. He said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, well, God will provide for himself. Everybody say, God will provide. God will provide, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. See, anytime you set out to obey God, you may not necessarily notice that you have all of the ingredients to obey. But know this, as you step out, God will provide everything you need to accomplish what God has spoken over your life. God will provide. I don't know who needs to be reminded of that as we make our way through the Bible, but God will provide. <laughs> For a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. And when they came to the place of which God had told him about, Abraham built the altar there, and then he laid the wood in order, and he bound Isaac, his son, and he laid him on top of the altar, on top of the wood. And then Abraham reached out his hand, and he took the knife so to slaughter his own son, but the angel of the Lord broke through and called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Notice the surrender never stopped. Here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son from me, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and he looked and behold, behind him was a ram. God provided, caught in a thicket by his own horns and Abraham went and took the ram and he offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his own son. And so Abraham received supernatural revelation about God's nature and he called the name of that place, the Lord will provide as it is said to this day on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided in other words in the presence of the Lord it shall be provided I don't know if you know this church but all that you need is in the presence that you already have Woo! God is a provider Jehovah Jireh you are too good to us <laughs> on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided and the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven, and he said, By myself I have sworn, declares, declares the Lord, because you have passed the test, 
and you've not withheld what you love most, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have passed the test and obeyed my voice. I want to talk to you today from the topic, when God asks you to give up what you love the most. Is it okay that we start there to kick off 2022? I don't know if you're ready. Look at your neighbor, ask him, are you ready? Oh, you might as well pray over them right now. Go ahead, take them by the hand, bless their soul. Lord, right now in Jesus' name, we bless the people on our left and on our right, and we declare that we are a surrendered people. We are a presence people. We want Jesus more than we want our next meal. We want Jesus more than we want our programs. We want Jesus more than we want our set list. We want Jesus more than we want our goals, our dreams, our ambitions, or our resolutions. We know that you can provide for us, God, a life that we could never provide for ourselves. And it's all found in your son, Christ Jesus. So grow us down this year, mighty God. Grow us down into Jesus like never before we pray. And the church said, amen and amen and amen. Look at your neighbor, say amen. Bless them. Ask them, did you receive that prayer? <laughs> Come on, ask them again, did you receive it? I don't know if they received it or not. My God, that was a good story. This side done got quiet on me. But my God, that was a good story, wasn't it, Zandy? That's a good story. That's a powerful story. There's so many parallels between Isaac, uh, who is Abraham's one and only beloved son, and Jesus, who is the Father God's one and only beloved son. Amen. Do you guys see those parallels? Those parallels are really cool. I would encourage you to read this passage through slowly today. Read it through and meditate on these parallels about how Jesus is similar to Isaac. Now, let's look at verse one real quick. I wanna start with verse one because what I want you to notice right up front is that God is testing. Everybody say testing. God is testing his son, Abraham. That's how we get started with this story. God is testing his minister, the father of our faith. Now, I don't know about you, but I actually hate tests. Anybody else in here? Anybody like tests? You guys are weird. Honestly, strange. Because for me, testing was like the worst. Do you remember when you'd go uh, to the end of the school year and then you'd have like these massive tests does anybody remember the ACT? Yeah. Woo. The worst, man. I remember like just praying. I wasn't even saved and I prayed, God, just let me make an 18 uh, so I can qualify for an athletic scholarship. That's all I wanted. I was like, just give me an 18, Lord, you know? And I remember the, uh, the, the, the multiple choice part of the math uh, portion of the ACT and I just did this, ABCD, CBDA, ABCD. CBDA. And then I put my number two pencil down and I put my head down and I took a nap. That's what I did. That's what I did. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I, I hate to admit that. I feel bad about admitting that, but I'll tell you the truth. That's what I did. I don't like tests. I don't like them. I hate tests. Honestly, uh, I, hate, I hated written tests. Uh, I hated, I don't like a vision test. I don't like any kind of test. You want to test me? I don't like it. Count me out. I don't want to do it. I hated the driver's test. You remember that? They made you read that book, and then they tried to trick you with the questions on the paper? Like, I don't like that. I think that's messed up. I don't like tests. I personally don't like tests. But here's something I know about tests, is that tests have a purpose. They have a purpose, don't they? Tests are always given with goals, and those goals are very specific. Usually those goals look like this. I want to find out how developed this student is. So I'm going to test them to see how prepared they are to go to the next level. Are you hearing me? So when we get tested, 
by God. It is God looking at us, wondering, are they ready to carry the prophetic promises that have been spoken over their life or not? Are you with me? So when we receive tests, we're always examining what is the growth that has taken place in our life and where is the lack of growth that has taken place in our life. Any good school, any good teacher will give a student a test. And when their motives are pure, the test is never a trap. It's always an opportunity. Are you hearing me, church? God's test are not traps. God is good, therefore any test he gives you is good because he has your best interest in his heart. He wants to see where have you grown and where do you need to grow. He wants to see what you say you believe and what you actually believe. Do you really possess the revelation that you are tweeting about? And here's how I'm going to figure out if you're carrying it or not. Can you carry it through a storm and hold fast to it no matter what it costs you? So God says, I'm going to test my boy. Now, I love this man. He is highly anointed. He has prophetic promises that have been spoken over his life. There are good things happening in his life. He is declaring that he is ready to go to the next level. After all, he's got his own son now. He's got Isaac which is the best manifestation of God's goodness in Abraham's life. And so he's ready to go to the next level. But God has to test him first. How we do on a test always reveals if we are ready or not to move to the next level. How many of you guys want to go to the next level in 2022? You're going to have some tests in 2022. How many of you guys are ready to see the inheritance of some of the prophetic promises that have been spoken over your life. Well, before you see them in their fullness, you're going to be tested completely. Because that's how God prepares his people. That's how God prepares his ministers. That's how he prepares his prophets. That's how he prepared his own son, Jesus, when he sent him into the wilderness, led by the Spirit to be tested by the enemy. If God would not spare his own son from testing, what makes you think he would spare you from testing? When we set up the goal of our Christian life to be comfortable, we have decided to study a different gospel. Because you can't get that from reading the Bible. Any great person of faith that we read about in Scripture went through significant trial and testing. So whenever God tested Abraham, he had three goals. Number one was, does Abraham fear God? Do you fear God? Now, I know that's not really like a popular message these days. We don't normally talk about fearing God. So let me tell you what that means. It means you respect God enough to obey him despite the challenges. You revere God enough. You have a holy fear of God enough so that when he asks you to do something that is sacrificial, you say yes, because he's God and you're not. Because he's the Lord of your life and you're not. That's the fear of the Lord. And it's not so much being afraid of God, not being afraid of being afraid of being close to God, it's a fear of being away from God. Which is what disobedience always brings, distance. So we fear God enough to stay obedient because we could not fathom the idea of a life lived distant from his presence. So God wanted to see, Abraham's ready to go to the next level of his prophetic destiny, but does he fear me? How prepared is he really? That's the second goal. And the third goal was, Will he truly, truly submit and obey me no matter the cost? Will he do like we're, like, like we're proclaiming this year, church? Hold nothing back. Yes. Testing. You know, I, I think it's kind of a divine setup that we sing these songs about holding nothing back. I'll give you all, give you all of my worship. Lord's like, tithe. I won't give you all, I'll give you some of my worship. Serve, I'll give you a little bit, just a little bit of my worship. 
That, I mean, hey, that's, that's real, man. That's rated R real right there because we're like, look at... That's Ben's dance right there. I stole it from him. Right? And then when we find ourselves in the midst of being blessed, we're like, oh, nothing could go wrong. God's like, I'm going to test you. I'm going to see if you really believe what you're saying and praying and shouting and tweeting and posting and preaching about. I'm going to see if you really believe it. I'm going to test you. God will test you. I have a list of why and how he tested Abraham. God will test you for a good reason. Everybody say good. To see if you fear him, to see if you're ready to go to the next level by asking you to do things that are extremely hard for you to do. That are extremely hard for you to do. But I want you to know, when God tests you, you can choose joy. You can. You don't have to uh, be steeped in a deep, dark depression. You can actually choose joy. James tells us this. In James chapter one, verse two, he says, count it all joy. Everybody say joy. Joy, joy family, when you meet test. Now, I know it's the word trials in the ESV, but it's the same Greek word for test. The Bible teaches us that when God tests us, we can have joy and we don't have to accept a state of sadness and the reason we're able to have joy is because we understand that the test is not a trap where God is setting us up to fail, but the test is actually an invitation where God is opening a door for us to go to the next level. We have to be discerning enough, connected to the heart of God enough to know that when tests come our way from the hand of God, they're not warfare, but they're opportunities. So, man, we got... I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean, so let me rephrase that. There are times, there are times as we adopt this idea that the goal of our Christian life is to be comfortable, that anything hard is like warfare. It's a demon. What if it's a test from God? I, I, I found that people who are not intimate with God in the place of prayer always set up comfort as the goal of their faith. But when you get well acquainted with the son of suffering, you will understand there are certain days that they'll shout Hosanna, but there are moments when they'll be saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. There'll be days when you're lecturing on the hill, right? Matthew 5. And there are going to be other days where you are praying drops of blood in Gethsemane. But when you are connected with Jesus, you'll endure it all, like James said, with joy, knowing this is just a divine opportunity to enter into a greater degree of the paradise that Jesus has promised. If he's there, I'm going. I want Jesus more than my own comfort. I want Jesus more than my own convenience. I want Jesus, it doesn't matter what I have to walk away from. If I get him in return, I get the good end of the deal. I'm preaching too hard on the first Sunday of 2022. So God comes to Abraham and he says, I want you to take your son. I want you to take the son, your only son. Did you guys catch that? Your only son. It's a good type of Jesus, but it's not actually the truth from the standpoint of the fact that Abraham actually has another son. Did you guys remember that? Through uh, Hagar, uh, his wife Sarah's servant, right? But although that son... Ishmael was blessed by the hand of God. He did not receive the covenant of God because he was not the promised son, but the byproduct of Abraham and Sarah trying to receive the fulfillment of their promises in their own strength. Could you investigate your life just for a moment? You got any Ishmaels in the house? Listen, what you give birth to in the flesh, you're going to have to steward with your own strength. But what you give birth to in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will co-labor with you and steward it with you in intimacy. 
So God said, no, no, I'm not talking about Hagar. I'm not talking about the son that you produced in the strength of your own flesh. I'm talking about the greatest manifestation of my goodness in your life. I'm talking about the best blessing, that blessing you dreamed about, that blessing you prayed about, that blessing that you fasted about, that blessing that you bombarded heaven for, that blessing that you stayed up late thinking about, that blessing that you woke up early praying about. I gave you this, and now I'm telling you, Abe, I want it back. Like I called him Abe. I want it back. How are you going to respond when the best thing that God has ever given you, he says, mm, put that on the altar. Your favorite thing in life. Throw that up there. That thing that you get so much value out of. Let me burn that up with my fire. It's quiet. It's quiet, I know. But didn't John the Baptist prophesy that Jesus would come with the greater baptism, one of the Holy Spirit, but also with? You know what the fire is for? To burn up everything in you that distracts you from Jesus and does not bring him glory. He said, I'm gonna go ahead and test you, Abraham, because you might be putting your trust in your son because you know he's your rightful heir, that this is how your legacy will expand and multiply. But it's not through your boy, it's through me. Come on. My God, this is a good story. I'm gonna go, I'm, my God, this is a good story. So he said, no, 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 I'm not talking about Ishmael, I'm talking about Isaac, that your favorite boy I want that. I want you to go and put him on the altar. And this is the truth, church. God will test you. And when he does, he may very well ask you. Everybody say me. 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 Come on, make it personal for a moment. Me. God will test you in 2022. He will. He's going to test you. It might be big, might be small. But when he does, he may very well ask you for what you love the most, what you're getting the most identity out of. He may say, I want that. Hold on. Wait, God. That's where I get my value. No, you're supposed to get your value from me. I want that. Hold on, wait, God. This is how I, you know, get people's attention and things like that. I, nope. You need to be worried about one person's attention. That's mine. You have it. Put that on the altar. Jesus. How are you going to respond? How will you respond, church, when God says, see that thing right there? And some of you right now, I know, I know you're thinking about it. You, you've already identified it. I've not even got to the closing prayer, and you already know what it is that God's been like, bro, I want that on my altar, stat. Withholding what God wants on his altar is proof you don't fear God. Jeez, I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm telling you, when God asks you to do hard things and you ignore him, it's proof you don't fear God. God, I'm not trying to be mean, but I love you enough to tell you straight. When you're like, mm, no, not doing it. Who's God of your life, you or Jesus? Come on, Lord, forgive us. We don't know what we're doing. You know, I, I, I mentioned this earlier. I, I took the ACT with the goal of making an 18 because I wanted to get an athletic scholarship. And you guys know my testimony. I was far from God. I was strung out. I was a drug addict, arrested a ton of times, all kinds of crazy stuff, right? And so Satan ripped basketball from my life. I did not get the opportunity to play college basketball. So when I got saved, guess what I started doing? Training to go play college basketball. Because I was like, this is my dream. My first word, you guys, is on camera, it is ball. All I ever wanted to do was play for the Kentucky Wildcats because I bleed blue, baby. Sheesh. You know, and so, like, why y'all why do that? What's that? What is that? Why y'all do that? Ice in the veins. Sheesh. So, like, um, I just, I see the kids do that on TikTok. I want to do it. So, I did it. So, um, <laughs> so y'all, I want to play basketball so bad. And you know whenever, like, God gives you an invitation that feels like a test that you don't want to receive, but you know it's from him? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I would, guys, I was drug-free, liquor-free, 
Uh, I was going to say something else that I shouldn't say, but uh, Jezebel free. And, uh, and so, and so I was like, Lord, I'm going to go back. I'm going to play college basketball. That's what I'm going to do. I'm so excited to do it. I'm so, so excited. I had the opportunity. I was going to walk on at the, the D2 school that had just won the national championship. I was going to the games. I was so excited. And one day my dad was like, you know what, son? If you feel called to preach, you might ought to consider not playing basketball but going to a school of ministry. I was like, oh, I rebuke the devil. Get behind me, Satan. But inside I was like, oh, you're right. It was a test. You know how David said in the Psalms, I soaked my bed with tears. I know what that's like. Because I sat in bed that night and I was crying my heart out to God. I said, Lord, you know that the only thing I've ever wanted to do my entire life was play college basketball. And I finally have the opportunity. And now you are asking me to put it on the altar? No. Not just say no. Which, to be quite honest with you, was not unfamiliar for Abraham. Look back, Genesis chapter 18, he begins to intercede for Sodom whenever Sodom said, should I hide my plans from my guy, Abraham? I'm about to blow up Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm gonna tell him about it. And then Abraham kind of goes back and intercedes for the city and argues with God. And he's like, no, you're too righteous for that. And, you know, they end up having a conversation about it. That's possible. I was trying to do that. But as, as, I, as I was laying there, I'm like soaking my pillow with tears. I felt the Lord tell me this. I will bless you no matter what you choose. But how many more souls could come into the kingdom if you hang up the jersey and pick up the Bible? And I took my basketball. It's my favorite basketball. When I wrote Isaac on it. And I don't expect that to mean a lot to you because maybe you're like, that's just a silly childhood dream. But let me tell you, that was my lifeline. It was my value. It was my identity. It's where, like, if somebody would meet me, I'd be like, oh, you want trying to play ball? I got shorts on underneath this. Y'all remember that in high school? Like, I, when somebody would meet me, it'd be like, I'm a basketball player. What's up, you know? And we laugh because, like, that's childhood identity, but we're doing it as an adult. Like, I'm a preacher. And God's like, that thing that you value most, that thing that you love the most, that thing that you get the most value out of, that thing that is identifying you that is not me, put that on the altar. And I don't know, maybe some of you guys find yourself today in the valley of indecision, wondering, are you going to put it up on the altar or are you going to leave it in the closet? Can I encourage you? Kick off the year in surrender. Put it on the altar today, church. Put it on the altar. Make this Sunday the Sunday that you say enough is enough. God, you've been chasing me down long enough. I'm putting it on the altar today. I'm not going back to my car at the end of this service with that thing still on me or in me. I'm putting it on the altar. I'm done with it. Listen, the difference between bench warmers and world changers is swift obedience. Saying yes quickly which if you want to know how to respond like Abraham responded when God tests you, number one, you can write this down. I've only got two points. Number one is this, swift obedience. Swift obedience. Did you notice that whenever God spoke to Abraham, he obeys quickly. He doesn't argue. He doesn't make excuses. He goes to bed. He wakes up early. He gets the materials. He gets ready for his journey because Abraham is responding immediately. How many of you guys think that this request, this commandment from God was heartbreaking? I'm gonna answer for you. Yes. Yes. It had to have been heartbreaking, but despite how challenging God's command was, it did not move him to respond slowly. He responded quickly. He said, immediate obedience. It's gonna be swift obedience. I'm gonna do everything that God has required. And then he gets there. He goes on the journey. And when he finally gets to that place where he is supposed to sacrifice his son with that knife, there is an angel uh, whose voice breaks through the tension of that moment and says, Abraham, Abraham, and thank God, Abraham was listening. 
Thank God that Abraham was listening because if it had been me, I might have been so angry towards God that I would have shut my heart down to inhibit his voice getting through and killed my promise. Are, 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 are you? See, when you live off of leftovers, you end up sacrificing your blessings. Let me, let me put it another way. When you're living off of an old word or previous revelation and you're not staying current with God, you might be trying to do the thing that God asked you to do, but when you're not currently dependent upon him, you'll end up murdering your promises. That's what God wants. You know, he said that once upon a time, but that's not what God is saying now. This is how we devolve into religion and traditions of men. We still do the thing that God told us to do with our hands, but in reality, our heart is completely disconnected from the fathers. My God, who am I talking to in here this morning, church? If it had been me, I'd have been angry. I'm pissed. Biscuits burned. You know what I'm saying? Done. Like, I'm, I'm angry. I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm going to admit it to you. I have yelled at God before. Like, I, I've stopped praying before. I have refused to pray before. Listen, I'm, I, you know, I, I don't know. You, you may not believe that about me. You know, I'm a pastor and everything. You might think I just, you know, it's always like roses and it's always good with God. I've cussed at God before. I've been so angry at the Lord before that I am in my bed with my wife asleep next to me with clenched fist in a sweat, writhing, moving my feet like this, so angry towards God, cussing him. You guys don't believe that about me, do you? Thank you. I appreciate that faith that you have in me. I really do. But I'm telling you that because I'm confessing to you I've been there before. You want to know how you fail a test? God asks you to do something so hard that you say yes, but you disconnect from his heart. You know where God likes to test us? In the places where we trust him the least. And not just because he's trying to expose us, but because he's trying to invite us into greater trust so that we can receive supernatural revelation when we obey. The Lord is my provider. Who is this for? I'm looking at your faces and I'm like, am I preaching to anybody in the room this morning? Who is this for? I'm looking at your faces. I know somebody's got to be letting the word of the Lord take root in your heart. And I believe there's some Abrahams in the room. Listen, if we could go and look at the anointing that is accumulated in this room, I think we would be shocked by the nations that are going to be blessed because of the obedience of the people in this room. I'm telling you the truth. There are some Abrahams in the room. There are some Isaacs in the room. There are some apostles in the room. There are some prophets in the room. There are some evangelists in the room. There are some pastors and some teachers. There are some preachers and some missionaries and some people who are gonna shake the nations in this room. I don't, I don't know if you know that about yourself, but if we could get all of you up here and interview you, what's the prophetic word over your life? What's the prof- what, what has God called you to do? What are you? Our minds would be blown by the calling of God that is in this room right now. So I believe I'm talking to some Abrahams. What's God blessed you with that he wants back? Come on, church. What has God blessed you with that he wants back? What are you complaining about that you used to pray about? That was just an extra. I just thought about it and I wanted to throw that out there. But he said, I, Abraham, I want it. And here's point two is my, is my only, is the second point, only, only two points. Is despite your distress, I want to encourage you, church, stay connected to the heart of God. When you are tested by God, here's what I can guarantee you, you will be tempted to do. Disconnect from God. When you are tested by God, you will be tempted to disconnect from God. Don't disconnect. Don't shut your heart down and don't shut God out. Stay dependent. I understand you might be on your way to sacrifice your biggest blessing, 
but stay dependent. You don't know whenever the Holy Spirit is going to change your course in the blink of an eye. Abraham, Abraham, here I am. Stay dependent. Stay connected. Praise God for the sake of Isaac. That he had a daddy that was dependent. If you can't do it for you, do it for your kids. Stay dependent. He said, your legacy is going to be multiplied and expanded. Your kids' enemies are going to fall before them. Why? Because you stayed dependent. You stayed obedient. Your lineage will be blessed because of your yes. Thank God Abraham was listening. Thank God Isaac didn't have to go to the grave early because he had a daddy that was dependent. Abraham, Abraham, yes. I'm right here. Don't touch the boy. Don't touch him. Don't touch him. Don't burn him. Don't kill him. Don't touch him. I now know, Abe, you've passed the test. You've withheld nothing from me, even your only son, the thing that you love most. You've not withheld it from me. You have said to me, God, everything I have belongs to you. Therefore, Therefore, he releases blessing, and not just little blessings, church. You got to get this. Like, we're talking about historical, monumental things that shift the whole trajectory of humanity within the earth. That is the type of blessings that God pours out upon Abraham. After God's testings is always God's blessings. People who endure the biggest test, I'm telling you, are the people who carry the biggest blessings. I believe I'm talking to some people in here this morning that have been tested. You were tested in 2020. You thought it was done, and 2021 came knocking on your door. And you were tested and tried more than you thought you could be. And yet, look at you. Look at you. Look where you're sitting. You're still in the house of the Lord. You've still got the surrender switch turned on. You've still said yes to Jesus. You've been tried by fire, but you've come out as gold. Come on, Abrahams. Give yourselves a round of applause. Give yourselves a round of applause. You've done it. You've done it, Cody. You've done it. You've said, you've said yes, even in the midst of the shifting and the sifting. You've said yes. I know some of your stories. You were tested and tried. And listen, I've just got to prophesy to you today that today is the day God's going to pour out some of those monumental blessings. I believe it. I believe it. Do you believe it? Say amen. Let me, let me just show you. Abraham receives this, a greater revelation of God's provision. Listen, there's more revelation about God's nature on the other side of your surrender. If you don't know him well enough, surrender deeper. I want to know you more. Looks like this. Here I am. You want to know more about God? Here I am. You want to know more about his nature? Here I am. The people who don't know that God is good are the people who are the least surrendered. Yeah, here I am. Yeah, yep, you got me. I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. I put my hope in you. I'm going to be tested. But I know you're good. You kept me through that. You kept me through bankruptcy. You kept me through divorce. You kept me through gossip. You kept me through lies. You kept me through those people firing me unjustly. You kept me through sexual abuse. You kept me through trauma. You kept me through car wrecks. You're good. I know you're good. I know you're good. I've got supernatural revelation about the nature of God. I've got supernatural understanding that God is good. <laughs> it's, it's when you've been really, really tested. Yeah. I put my faith in you. My anchor to the My hope and firm foundation, you never let me down. That's when you can really sing that. I'm not talking about repeat that. I'm talking about sing that, like for real, for real. That, like, worship is co costly when you've been tested. Worship means something when you've been tested. The very first time sacrifice was ever mentioned in the Bible, it was associated with worship. And it's right here in Genesis chapter 22. Before worship looks like this, yay! Worship looked like this. We, we, can't, 
we got the wood. We got the ingredients. Lord, I, I don't want to do it, but I'm saying yes. I don't want to do this, God, but I'm not going to disconnect from you. I don't want to do this, God, but I'm going to keep coming to you, and I'm going to lay down everything you've asked me for, and I will not spare even a thing, even the thing you blessed me with. I will not spare it because I put my faith in it. My anchor to the ground, my hope and firm foundation, you'll never let me down. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground, my hope and firm foundation, you'll never Somebody needs to sing that today. Sing it out loud. I put my faith in Jesus. Give it meaning. Make it matter. Maybe you got your promise with you today. Bring it to the altar. Maybe you got your biggest blessing with you today. Sing it on your way to the altar. loud come on let's lift our voices all over the house if you want to stand and sing you can stand and sing if you need to kneel and sing you can kneel and sing but come on let's lift this high let's lift this high come on tell Jesus the truth about himself he's the provider you're worthy of it you're worthy of it you're worthy of it you're worthy of it Okay, let's do some business with God right now. Come on, let's do some business with God right now. Um, I want you to investigate your heart for a moment. What is the Holy Spirit highlighting? What is it that he is asking you for right now? What is he asking you to put on the altar right now? Come on, if you've got it in your heart and you know what it is that God's asking you for, just wave at me. I ain't looking, you're really waving at God, but you know Come on, let's make a commitment right now as you close your eyes and lift your head. Let's not bow your head today. Let's lift our head and look full in the face of Jesus and let's tell Jesus, you are worthy of it. You ain't even got to break gaze with him as you slide it to his feet. Don't be focused on the thing you're giving up. Be focused on the person that you are receiving. Don't be looking at the thing you're walking away from. Look at the person that you're walking toward. It is Jesus and only Jesus. Lord, we vacate every closet. We do away with every hidden thing. We confess unrepentant sin and we say, Lord, you can have it all. We fear you. We fear you and you're worthy of it, God. We cannot hold these things back from you any longer, even if they look like blessing. If you've commanded us today to put them on the altar, we do so with grace and gratitude, and we say, you're worthy of it, God. You're worthy of everything you've asked me for, God. 
You're worthy of everything you've asked me for, God. Now, don't break gaze with him. Just slide it to his feet. I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants to say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And what he said to Abraham, I now know. I now know you're ready. I now know that you're ready to move into the next place of your prophetic destiny, I now know that you are ready because you have not held back from me what you love the most. I wanna just double dog dare you today. Don't argue with God. Just say yes, don't even argue with him. Don't go back and forth and tell him about his own word. He knows what he wrote. And he knows what he's asking you for. And I can promise you this, on the other side of the testing is God's blessing. So we say yes. We say yes, we say yes, we say yes, we say yes. If you're in this room today and you don't have any clue what I'm talking about because you came for the first time with a friend that invited you and you don't even know this man, Christ Jesus, that we're talking about, I wanna create an opportunity for you to come home today to God's love and be set free of sin and saved. If that's you in the room, nobody's looking around, everybody has their eyes closed, will you just raise your hand? I wanna pray with you right now because God is gonna set you free and save you and deliver you. If, if that's you, just raise your hand. We're gonna pray. If you, if you are far from God, but you've been a Christian for a long time, and you're like, man, today's the day I have been withholding from God. He's been asking me for stuff, but I've been disobedient, and I just wanna recommit my life to Jesus in 2022. If that's you, will you lift your hand? I just wanna pray with you real quick. Is that anyone? Awesome, I see you. Anybody else? If that's you, just lift your hand real quick. Come on, we're gonna pray. Amen, I see you, awesome. Anybody else? Be courageous, don't think about it, just do it. Awesome, okay, let's pray together. Say, Jesus, I give to you today what you've asked me for. I belong to you and only you. I fear God and be my Lord. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and send me out for you, in Jesus' name. Thanks for tuning in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.